Well, it's Easter Day. (laughs) Surprise. You know, the disciples did not expect Jesus to rise from death. And sometimes we might think that the disciples were simple people, easily persuaded, quick to believe in miracles and magic. Not so. Firstly, their Holy Scriptures, our Old Testament, was found to be unclear on the matter of resurrection. For them, the grave was as a grey shadow land, poorly understood and forbidden to explore. Some Jews found the whole idea of resurrection preposterous. Some believed in the idea of of a resurrection of everyone altogether. Jesus' own followers had proven to be particularly resistant to the notion of resurrection. Ahead of time, Jesus had explained to them that, that he would die, that he would come back to life. And they either failed to get it, or in one memorable case, it produced the improper reaction of Simon Peter, Simon Peter trying to correct his master's theology. When the women went to the garden tomb, it wasn't to look for a risen Lord, but to embalm his cold body. When they ran mouths filled with laughter to tell the others that they'd met the risen Lord, they were met with scorn and disbelief. And then when most of Jesus' closest followers, those that were left of the twelve, when they met Jesus, one of them, Thomas, he, he still doubted. They were surprised. But you know, The surprise wasn't just in the event itself, in the rising from death. No, the surprise was also in what this event revealed. It revealed a previously unseen aspect of reality. Let me explain. You see, the resurrection enabled people to see for the very first time in history that the greatest power in the world was at work through selfless suffering. It revealed that God, the only one who has absolute power, is not, after all, corrupted by that power, but rather loves people and loves us enough to endure a squalid death on our behalves. Until that point, the world, the world had looked very different. Until that point, what could be seen was that the powerless suffered whilst the powerful could torture their enemies, and God was in his heaven. Now, the other side of the first 
Easter morning, they could see God, the all-powerful, was identified with the weak. And God used victimhood to unfurl his greatest strength. Victory over death. To a person, they were utterly surprised. And people are always surprised when they discover a great wonder for the first time. Oh, it's a picture of lightning on the screen. When the Italian scientists Galvani and Volta uh, first harnessed the power of lightning and for the first time described dynamic electricity, there was astonishment throughout Europe as the news spread. People struggle to take on board what had been discovered. And you see, the surprise of the Easter story was not just a moment of brilliance, but it was everything that was so clearly implied by Jesus' resurrection about the way things are. That there is a greater power at work in the world, in human lives, than had been seen before. And so, in the Easter story, we find people who are surprised, struggling to take in an aspect of reality for the very first time, that this is what God is like. It was as if lightning had been seen for the very first time, and with it, the existence of electricity was revealed. These disciples spent the rest of their lives working out what to do with that reality. You know, Bex has said it already. And this power, this power is still for today. People in our generation are discovering what's written in the New Testament in the letter to the Hebrews... Uh, sorry, in Ephesians, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power is reliably at work in those who choose to trust in him. The love and power revealed in Jesus' death and resurrection are just as real today, like a force of nature that will not be withdrawn. The Easter lightning is real, and there is power today. You may have experienced some of that life-giving power yourself. If you've been born again, as most people here would testify, there are millions of people who can testify to the same truths around the world. I want to just tell you the stories of a few The picture in the top left there is a very famous picture taken in 1972 in Vietnam. After napalm had been dropped on the village from which these children were fleeing, the girl in the middle of that photo, Kim Phuc Phan Thai, even today, she says, nearly 50 years later, she still receives treatment for her burns. But she says, 
the emotional pain was even harder to endure. She was brought up in the local religion called Kaudai, and praying within that faith, her prayers for healing went unanswered. Then, in 1984, she was sat in a library in Saigon and opening every book on religion that she could find. When she opened the New Testament, within an hour, she had discovered that Jesus was a wounded one, that he bears scars. And she says this, I turned over this new information in my mind as a gem in my hand, relishing the light that was cast from all sides. Within months, she had invited Jesus into her life. And she says of this, I had so much hatred in my heart, so, so much bitterness. The day after I invited Jesus into my heart, I experienced the kind of healing that can only come from God. I was finally at peace. I want you to know this Easter morning that the Easter lightning is real. The power that struck that day is still at work today. In the bottom left is a picture of Pamela Perillo, abandoned and abused as a child, She turned to drugs as an escape from all of that pain. Then, one day, high on drugs, she killed a man. She was convicted. She was sent to prison. And in prison, a woman came to visit her and talked about Christ and about the path to forgiveness. And Pamela says... After 24 years of being tossed about like a dry chunk of dirt, God poured in the waters of life and began molding me for his purpose. Prison, she says, without Christ, is probably as close to hell as anyone can come. You're all alone, spiritually empty, consumed with hate, But we Christians have a joy that provokes others to ask why. The Easter lightning is real. There is power at work today. The third picture there is of Catherine Butler, a surgeon who had seen too many senseless deaths to allow her to believe in God. Then... On her hospital ward, she watched a slow-motion medical miracle unfold as a man in a permanent vegetative state had his wife by his side, and she prayed, and she felt God spoke to her and say, he's going to get better. And the medics wondered how they would let her down gently from the untruth. Only he did get better, little bit by little bit, until he was fully recovered. And this lady, Catherine Butler, she too began to read the New Testament. And this is what she says. 
as I read, it unveiled Christ's love in brush strokes I had never fathomed. The agony that he suffered for our sake left me breathless. He, too, had endured heartache and had confronted the face of evil. And he bore such affliction for us. And so he redeems suffering. The knife wounds, the mourning, the lost jobs, the despondency beside bridge railings. In his mercy, he descends to lift us up and to complete miracles that we cannot pretend to comprehend. The Easter lightning is real. There is a power at work in the world today. I have a question for you. Are you still living by candlelight? I've spoken to a few people this morning who've come from different places and are going to different places, be it Paris or the north of England. People here this morning from the Lees, which we know is the most deprived part of our city and probably some people from some other wealthier places too. There are people here with spiraling debts, I'm sure. People facing trouble with marriages or miscarriages, and much more besides. And you need to know, you don't need to live by candlelight any longer. The message of Easter is clear. Death overcome. Power struck the earth. And that power was not just a momentary brilliance to look back on and celebrate like a firework display that might live long in the memory. No, something was revealed about how things are. That God, who is all-powerful, loves you. Loves you enough to die for you, and is strong enough to overcome death. And he's here, and he loves you. Are you still living by candlelight, or will you embrace this love, and this power, and this wonderful God? There's a further aspect to this power and this love, and it's this. You see, there was something else that was revealed that wonderful, remarkable weekend. You see, Jesus' death and resurrection didn't only reveal eternal truths about what God's like. Jesus' death and resurrection also changed spiritual reality forever. As Jesus died, there was a large-scale soft-furnishing malfunction. The curtain in the temple ripped apart from top to bottom. Now, you might be interested to know the, the weight or the design or the size of this curtain, but the only thing that really matters about this curtain is its location. It sat over the way into the heart of the temple in Jerusalem, closing off 
the place where some people believed that God himself dwelt. It was a thick curtain, not, just, not a doorway, because there was very little expectation of going in. In fact, just the high priest went in, and only once a year. And the curtain was a deliberate physical obstacle to those who dared to think that they might approach God. As the the curtain tore, it symbolized what Jesus' death had achieved, opening up a way to connect with God. This great, elaborate temple system through which people had been finding forgiveness was not just disrupted, but suddenly replaced. Suddenly, other words that Jesus had spoken clicked into focus. When Jesus said, as recorded in John chapter 14, no one comes to the Father except through me. Or as recorded in Mark chapter 2, Jesus said of himself, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Or as the letter to the Hebrews puts it, Brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, that is because of his death, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain. So my invitation to you this morning is this. Step through the curtain. Step on through into new life. A way has been opened up, and it's not hard to enter in. In fact, we can, there's three simple words that I'm, I'm going to lead a prayer in just a moment, which take us through, the, this is all that it is needed to step into the life that Christ has opened up for us, to say sorry and allow him to forgive us, which he is ready and waiting to do, to thank him for what he's done, beginning to worship as we do so, and to invite him to help us to live the life. Prayer is going to appear on the screen. I'm just going to give you a moment to read this prayer, and then I'm going to pray it through, and if you'd like to, you can pray along with me. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. And thank you that you offer me the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, if, if you've prayed that prayer for the very first time, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, which is tell someone. Because that prayer is so very powerful. And uh, a bit like Galvani, well, actually, it was Volta who first harnessed lightning into frog's legs. Such is science.
But it took, a, it took quite a while for people to work out what to do with this power that was being discovered. And whilst that prayer all by itself is like grabbing hold of a lightning rod and allowing something to take place in your life, it will take time to discover quite what to do with all of that. And the best way to learn what it is to live in the love and the power of God is to walk with other people who've been experiencing it for some time. So if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, talk to someone and it will do you good. I'd like to finish by praying one more kind of prayer. This is a prayer for everyone. I that the, the lightning power of God would strike every one of us. Do you want that? Yes. Yeah, that's good. Um, maybe if that's what you are ready for, looking for, call it renewal, call it revival, call it whatever. Just if you, that's what you're looking for, maybe you could stand. And uh, I'll pray and let's see what God will do in us. This Easter day, this day of resurrection, this day of death being transformed to life.